Yud Zayin Shvat, His Life, 185.59. Lesson 65, Summer 5566-1806, shortly after the death of Shlomo Ephraim, which was in Sivan. This lesson was given on a Friday. Prior to this, he gave the lesson in Likute Moran 1.242. On the preceding Thursday, he wept when we were present. The following Shabbat, he gave the lesson in Likute Moran 1.262. I have mixed my drink with my weeping. Lesson 66. After Hanukkah 5.567.1806. The section dealing with breaking obstacles was set on Shabbat that on drawing down the spirit of Mashiach after the departure of Shabbat, that Shabbat evening before the meal, he related the story of the birds and Mazal Tov. Lesson 67, Shavuot 5567, 1807, in Zaslov. Lesson 72, When his son Shlomo Ephraim was born. Lesson 78, Rosh Hashanah 5561. 1801, in Zlatopolia. Lesson 96, taught a long time prior to his journey to the land of Israel. Lesson 112, beginning of the winter, 5563-1802. Lessons 132 and 133, after Pesach 5563-1803, on the return journey after the wedding of his daughter Sarah. Lesson 175, after the departure of Shabbat Shuvah, 5565-1804. Lesson 177, Shabbat Rosh Chodesh Cheshvan, 5565-1804. The forspiel before the marriage of his daughter Miriam, when the groom is called to the Torah. Lesson 197, before Shavuot 5565. 1805. Lesson 205. After Shavuot 5565-1805, the ten psalms of Rabbi Nachman's Tikkun were revealed in 5569-1809. Lesson 206. When the Rebbe revealed this lesson to Rabbi Nassan, he said this was his Hidbodidut at that period. Lesson 211. Immediately prior to Rosh Hashanah 5568-1807, on Rosh Hashanah itself the Rebbe taught Lesson 61, which explains more fully the idea of going to the Tzadikim for Rosh Hashanah. And all are purified in thought. Lesson 211 also alludes to visiting graves of Tzadikim, and Moses took the bones of Joseph. Lessons 277-278 Shmini Atzeret, 5568, 1807. Lesson 282. Shmini Atzeret, 5568, 1807. After Sukkot, when the Rebbe journeyed to Lemberg, and Reb followed from Krasnoy, the Rebbe revealed the subject of the sanctuary and the children, which appears at the end of the lesson, 282. His Wisdom, 60. The most important thing is laying the foundation. It must be at the correct time and place and made of the correct type of wood. 
Not all types of wood can provide a true foundation, but it is not possible to know all this. For the same reason that people do not know about such things, many types of fruit do not grow in our lands. The world has a foundation stone. Channels emanate from this stone reaching every land. The Midrash says that the wise King Solomon knew the details of these channels and was therefore able to plant all types of trees. If people knew the exact location of these subterranean channels, they would be able to grow in our lands many fruit trees that never grew here before. Each channel has the power to stimulate a particular species. Even if a particular channel does not pass through our land, all the channels are intertwined and flow into each other. If one knew the exact place, he could plant any type of tree. If a person knew the location of the channel, he could dig a well in the proper place, and if he knew where to plant trees around it, he could then make a type of tree grow there. Salvation and Miracles A. Before God performs a miracle for a person, he first falls upon hard times, the extent of which is determined by the magnitude of the miracle. God does favors for a person who does not allow the names of idolatry to pass his lips. A person in need of some salvation should bring joy to the tzaddik. Through trust in God, one is spared from suffering. Giving charity frees you from having to rely on a human being for help. Trust in God enables you to understand that your salvation is from Him and not from any human being. Truthfulness also enables you to realize this. When a person finds himself being tested, he should know that if he withstands the test, God will perform a miracle for his sake. 1. Lesson 38. 2. It is impossible, however, to attain the inner attachment to God, embodied and outwardly marked by the tefillin, except by sanctifying and rectifying one's speech. For speech corresponds to malchut, which is in the mouth, and it is also an aspect of the sea and God's name Adonai, as expressed in the verse, God open my lips. When a person abuses his speech, which is the breath of the mouth of the Holy One, blessed be he, the breath of his mouth is therefore transformed into raging storm wind. To explain further, of the 27 letters in the Hebrew alphabet, including final consonants, any of the 10 vowel points can be appended to each letter, totaling 270. Now when a person abuses his speech, the 270 letters of speech, which is an aspect of God's name, Adonai, then becomes Se'ara, a storm. For Samech the first and last letters of Se'ara, has the numerical value of 65, which is equivalent to the numerical value of Adonai, and Resh Ayin, the two middle letters of Se'ara, have the numerical value of 270 corresponding to the 270 letters in the Hebrew alphabet. This raging storm wind of blemished speech is the great accuser 
From it comes all accusations and tests that beset a person. This raging storm wind is the afterwards, as it is written in the Holy Zohar. It is the imperial force that leeches vitality from a person's blemished speech, and it is this same raging storm wind that ravages a person's body. Furthermore, all of the slander and evil that are spoken about a person come from this same raging storm wind. For such destructive speech is termed an end to all flesh, and that it wreaks an end for all flesh. 3. People who judge everyone else negatively and who are always scrutinizing other people's flaws are the embodiment of the other side and the end of all flesh. Such people constantly seek and wreak an end in destruction, God forbid, and to arouse strict judgment, to slander and to accuse. Most of these people's destructive power derives from their victim's own abusive speech, and the main means for subduing and nullifying their speech is through rectifying one's speech. 4. Every person must see to it that he makes the end of all flesh subordinate to holy speech. In other words, he must remove from the other side all of the blemished speech that fell to it through his speaking in an unholy fashion. Furthermore, he must elevate speech to its source and rectify it. Then he will merit the true attachment to God, which is embodied and manifest in the tefillin. The Burger and the Pauper Still, it seemed logical that the second king was her destined one, since he had given her the signs in order. It was possible that the first one had mentioned these places merely because they had come to him while making up the poem. Meanwhile, she decided to do nothing. After the second king had sent the young man away, the young man was very upset. He went to a third king and told him the same story as before and gave him signs that were even more compelling. He poured out his whole heart, telling him that he had had a letter on which all these places were drawn. He told the king to draw these places on a piece of paper and bring it to her. Like the others, the third king decided that it would not be good if the young man were here when he brought her back. He therefore had the young man sent two hundred miles away. The third king also rushed off to claim the beautiful princess. When he arrived, he was told that two other suitors had come earlier. He said that he would try anyway, since he had something that could change the situation. The people did not know why she wanted these kings more than the others. 45. A New Beginning When meditating before God, it is good to say, Today I am beginning to attach myself to you. Whenever you meditate, you should make a new beginning. Every continued practice depends strongly on its beginning. Even the philosophers say that no matter what one does, the beginning counts for half the deed. Therefore, no matter what, one should always make new beginnings. If one's previous devotion was good, now it will be even better. And if it was not good before, then it is certainly necessary to make a new beginning. 46. Childlike Simplicity 
On Rosh Hashanah in Uman, shortly before his death, the Rebbe was visited by his grandson Israel, the son of his daughter Sarah. At the time, his grandson was very young, around three or four years old. The Rebbe then was suffering from the tuberculosis that would take his life during the intermediate days, Cholamoed Sukkot. Letter number 94 With thanks to God, Monday, Vayera, 5593, Breslov. May life, blessing, peace, gladness, and joy come upon my honored and beloved friend, dear to me as my own soul. Rabbi Yitzchak, may his light shine. With greetings to his wife, the king's daughter, the righteous and precious Adil, may she live, and for all their precious children, each one individually, may they live long. Amen. May it be his will. I received your letter yesterday from Reb Simcha, son-in-law of Reb Aaron, the Rav of Breslov, as well as a letter from Reb Meir Leib, and the greetings from Reb Naftali, may his light shine. God knows that I very much wanted to make the journey, but all the things that stood in the way are more than I can write. God knows that even today the trip would be quite difficult for me. When I see, though, how much the prospect of my absence upsets you, I consider that maybe God is commanding that, in spite of all, I make the journey nonetheless. I now intend to set out, God willing, after Shabbat, in order, God willing, to reach Kremenchuk for Rosh Chodesh Kislev with God's help. May God in His mercy let me arrive safely. I would like, however, for the wedding to be held on Rosh Chodesh Kislev, God willing, and no later, so that I can get home, God willing, by Hanukkah. You know how many people are looking forward to be at my house for Shabbat Hanukkah. May God bring everything to a good finish for me, in accordance with His will, and the will of our awesome Rebbe. I have not yet discussed this matter with Rabbaron, but from what I hear from Reb Simcha, he cannot make the trip due to his business concerns. There is no time to go on. The post is leaving right away. May you be healthy and happy. As your wish and the wish of one who truly loves you, one who prays for you, especially, God willing at the holy gravesite, you will certainly be remembered for good. God will always hear our prayers. Nassim of Breslov Letter 325, with thanks to God, Sunday, Vayera, 5601. Greetings to my dear beloved son, may he live, and his children, may they live. I received your letter just now. You really inspired me when you wrote that you are engaged in studying the Rebbe's holy books. This is my reward for all my labor. May God continue to be with us, and may you merit to go on to fulfill all the words of his holy teachings. Last Shabbat I spoke about the lesson, Make a Window for the Ark, Thank God, and it was as if I was seeing it for the first time. In the midst of the darkness, a person must draw himself towards the truth. This is especially true during prayer. When the darkness surrounds a person very much, a person must be extremely careful to make sure that he speaks the words sincerely. Then God will shine his light for him. Judging from what you wrote, you are now up to this lesson. 
Please, my son, be sure to fulfill all this, so that from amidst the darkness you will be able to grab some sincere, concentrated prayer. This tactic has been tried and checked thousands of times. Nonetheless, the evil one is constantly and fiercely attacking with tremendous darkness during every prayer service, and he surrounds the mind with countless distracting thoughts. A person must remember this strategy many times during every prayer, to turn his back to the darkness and distractions, and to try to say the word sincerely at his level. Then God will light up the opening for him until he sustains all the words with his prayers. Look, my son, and grow wise. See the difference that one moment can make for a person. Before, the darkness was surrounding him, but in a brief moment, when he drew himself to the truth, he merited to sustain all the worlds. That is the measure of a person, that all the worlds are dependent upon him at all times. The degree to which a person is assailed, though, is just without limit. But through the truth that he came, God has sent us the remedy in advance. Were it not for their power, the consequence, God forbid, would have occurred a long ago. After God has informed us of all this, we ought to be looking deeply into their words and striving at all times to truly carry out what they say. How very much you gratified me with the good news that the brother of our dear friend, Rabiakov, may his light shine, was set free. Similarly, may God allow him to be truly free man by studying Torah and truth. For no person is free except one who studies Torah. The words of your father, Natan of Breslev. Rabbi Chela, Chilpa Bar Agra, Chilfe Bar Bre de Rav Abau, Chilpa Bar Adi, Rabbi Chalfu Bar Zavid, Abba Chalfa Karuya, Rabbi Chachinai, Rabbi Chelbo, Rabbi Chelbo Mitaiba, Rabbi Chelbo Ben Chilfa, again, Rabbi Chelbo Ben Chilfa Bar Samkai, Rabbi Chelbo Bar Hanan, Rabbi Chalafta, חלפתא בן אגרא, רבי חלפתא איש כפר חנניה, רבי חלפתא בר יוסי בן חלפתא, רבי חלפתא דמין רדפא, רבי חלפתא דמין הונא, חלפתא קיסריה, חלפתא קרויה, אבא חלקיה בר ברי דחוניה מעגל, רב חלקיה, רבי חלקיה אבוה דרבי מן ימין, רבי חלקיה אביו של רב מאה מה. רבי חלקיה אביו של רבי מאני, רב חלקיה מאגרוניה, רב חלקיה ברי דרב אביה, רב חלקיה בר טוביה, חלקיה הדרומי, רב חמא בר ביסנה, רב חמא בר אושיה, רב חמא הכהן אביו של רבי חנינה, רבי חמא בר חנינה, רבי חמא בר בוזי, רבי חמא בר אבא, רבי חמא ברי דרבא בר אבאו. חמא בר עדה שליח ציון, רב חמא בר גוריה, רב חמא בר טוביה, רב חמא בר עוקבא, רב חמא אבוה דרב יוסף בר חמא, רב חמא בר בראתה דחסה, רב חמא מנהרדיה, רב חמא בר יוסף, רב חמא בר מיירי, רב חמא בר פאפא, רב חמא בר חנינה בר פאפא, רב חמא בר אשי, רב חמא בר שקלה, רב חמא דכפר תחומין, 
וחנה בגדת האה. God, you who are good at all times to all, to the wicked and to the good, do good with me, although I am so far from goodness, although I have rebelled thousands of times against your goodness, accidentally or on purpose, against my will or willingly. You have offered me a great deal of true and eternal good, but I have pushed it away with both my hands so many times that it can no longer be counted for there is no number. God, your goodness never ceases. Guide me from this moment on to attain your true goodness. Satiate me with your eternal goodness. Guide me so that I will truly be absorbed into your oneness with an ultimate nullification, in the proper way and in accordance with your desire, which is that of running and returning. until I know that everything is exceedingly good, even all my troubles and suffering, and that there is no evil in the world at all. May I then be able to nullify all my troubles, eradicating all my suffering by nullifying myself to the ultimate goal. In this way, may I accept necessary suffering with love and joy, and after I return from the state of self-nullification, may I attain the joy that comes from From its afterglow. With that joy, may I illuminate my consciousness with the waters of Torah, drawing water in joy from wealth springs of salvation. May this afterglow illuminate the vessels of my consciousness and make it possible for me to comprehend the secrets of the Torah. And as a result of understanding the Torah, may I diminish my suffering and extinguish the thirst of my soul. May the verse then be realized in me. Fortunate is the man who you rebuke, Hashem, and whom you teach from your Torah. Perfect Prayer God, have compassion on me. Help me to attain perfect prayer so that I will make a unity of all prayer. May all my prayers unite together in an ultimate oneness so that every day I will have the strength to recite songs, praises, prayers and requests before you, with ultimate perfection, in accordance with your desire. Beautiful words of prayer. God, you who are good and do good, you who desire the prayers of your nation, the Jewish people, you know the precious beauty and glorious holiness of the words of holy prayer that we pour forth before you. You know the splendid beauty and precious holiness of each letter of prayer. Who can express the glory of these bouquets of wondrous, awesome, precious, and lovely blossoms and other plants that we gather together from the holy, supernal fields with each letter and word, and most of all with each blessing that we recite in prayer? If we could hear and appreciate the pearls and precious stones that we express with our mouths, If we could comprehend the precious beauty and glory of the awesome words of prayer, the holiness of each phrase, we could not complete a single blessing or even a single word, for we would be bound to the first letter of the word. How is it possible to leave the letter, since it is so precious, beautiful, radiant and glorious,
a glory that cannot be verbalized, which because of the strength of its connection with the soul does not allow the soul to leave it and go on. Unifying Prayer Master of the world, filled with goodness, kindness, and compassion, you have taught us that attaining the level in which one hears the beauty of prayer in a single word to such a degree that one cannot move past the word is insufficient and imperfect. For we must recite all blessings and complete the entire order of prayer, and then recite even more prayers and psalms. Prayer is perfected when we incorporate it into a unity, which is the unified and ultimate goal. Hashem, you know my lowliness and worthlessness, how far I am from any of this. I am so distant from prayer, and my heart is so sealed that I cannot hear my own words of prayer. Although I pray with my mouth and lips, my heart is far from the holy words, and I cannot gather the strength to make my ears hear what I am expressing with my mouth. And even if you help me at times, so that I begin to hear some of the words of the holy prayer as from a distance, I am still far from the true goal of unification. When I begin to comprehend a word, I usually remain connected to it, and I cannot leave it to go on and say more. But this is not ideal. I must recite the entire order of prayer and then add many other prayers as well, for my needs are so many. I hope for your salvation. And so I have come to you, compassionate master of all deeds and all beings, with the request that you have compassion on the souls of the Jewish people, and particularly on my own soul, which has grown impoverished due to my evil deeds and many sins that I have committed so liberally against you. I have transgressed, I have sinned, I have acted wickedly and done wrong in your eyes. My soul has been expelled from the holy field where all souls grow, and it has wandered for days and years in an exile where it remains unrecognized. There it grows ever more agitated, lacking rest for the sole of its foot. All its pursuers have caught it between the straits. What can I do? My sins have caused all this and more. If not for your compassion and kindness, I would have been lost in my suffering, heaven forbid. How can I pray to you, my master, since I am so far from my soul? How can I, an unformed, decayed, confused, and maddened lump of clay, speak the words of the living God? My only hope to come back to you in prayer is the help that I receive from the true master of the field. I come before you, Hashem, my God, and the God of my fathers, you who are filled with compassion, to cast my prayer before you with a broken and dispirited, torn and shaken, trembling and sighing heart, with, shutter, with stuttering lips and a stammering tongue. I look to you and await your compassion and graciousness. I hope silently for your salvation, Hashem which comes in the blink of an eye. I dare not speak or even raise my head, because with my own hands I have spoiled all the favors and holy counsel that you have constantly sent me. What more charity can I expect from you? How can I continue to cry out to you, my King?'